let's bow once more before we uh, open up the word of God today uh, to see what Paul has penned in relation to a prayer to more deeply know how great God is. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you for uh, our time of worship already this morning as we've lifted our voices, as we've proclaimed just how great you are. To consider all the world's uh, hands have made, uh, to consider your son not sparing. Uh, Lord, it does put a song in our soul uh, uh, that we should sing unashamedly, that we should sing out loud, uh, that we should not uh, withhold from the world. uh, Because the world needs to see just how great you are. Not so that it can puff you up or build you up because you are great without the creation. Uh, But Lord, how much more uh, are uh, you worthy of that praise? And so, Father, as we open up your word this morning, as we are taught, uh, as we speak to uh, your power uh, today, uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to see just how powerful, how great and unmeasurable uh, that power is, and how that power can affect our lives even today. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 1. Our text today is going to be verse 19. Uh, As we continue on uh, approaching the end of chapter 1, we have uh, three more sermons left uh, as we take a look at this section uh, as we're uh, building up to uh, step into chapter 2 of the book of Ephesians. Uh, As you know, for the last, uh, uh, or last week, I should say, uh, we took a look at the the first of actually three things that Paul wants to communicate in relation to us praying to more deeply know. Uh, The first thing was that of the hope to which he has called us, uh, to realize that we are not like the rest of the world because we've been redeemed out of the world, uh, that we have a hope uh, that uh, is uh, great. Uh, It is not hopeful or wishful thinking, it is sure. Uh, And that hope is something that will take us all the way home. Uh, The second thing that we took a look at last week was the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. That every believer uh, in Jesus Christ, everyone that has humbled themselves, that has uh, fallen at the foot of the cross and given their sinfulness uh, to God for forgiveness, through Jesus Christ's sacrifice, uh, which we'll celebrate uh, today as we do this in remembrance of him, uh, as we take communion, uh, is that we have a uh, glorious inheritance, uh, that God is preparing a place for us, and that if uh, uh, God is preparing a place for us, then Jesus Christ will come again and bring us to himself. Uh, And so many more glorious promises that Uh, We could take many weeks to look at. Um, But then third, as we take a look at uh, verse 19, Paul brings forth a third uh, prayer to more deeply know, uh, and that is to more deeply know the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. And this is one of those things that, to some extent, it almost seems as though this should have been number one. Uh, for us to see the power of God. But Paul, you know, wanting us to realize the hope that we have 
uh, in Jesus Christ, to want us to know the riches of the inheritance that we have uh, because of Christ. He takes the time here in verse 19 to put together a, an assembly of six different Greek words for you to understand God's power. Something that you should not minimize, something that you should not disregard. Matter of fact, after we're done today, as well as uh, the next three weeks, uh, as we approach Easter, uh, I want you to see the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Uh, and that will be evidenced in five different things. Uh, and we're not even going to look at any of those five things today because we're going to look at what verse 19 has to say uh, and those six Greek words. But it's evidenced in verse 20, as you look there in the text, in Christ being raised from the dead. Also in verse 20, God, the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us who believe is evidenced in Christ being seated at the right hand of God. Verse 21, it's also evidenced in everything being made subject to Christ. Verse 22, it's evidenced in Christ being the head over the church. And finally, verse 23, it's evidenced in Christ being the fullness of the church. And so Paul did not mince words. He did not just say that God is powerful, which would have been enough. But he wants you to see the depth, the magnitude, uh, the immeasurable greatness of God's power. Uh, and that's why verse 19 is jam-packed enough for us to spend one Sunday unpacking. Because he says there, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? So the first word we're going to take a look at is the word translated immeasurable in your uh, text there. Um, that word immeasurable um, actually comes from the Greek word uh, hyperbolo, uh, and it speaks to the surpassing nature of God's power. In other words, it's unfathomable greatness. It means you can't, you know, uh, codify it, you can't quantify it. It's unfathomable. So when we think about power, when we think about the power that men wield on this earth, when put into office or uh, by uh, uh, force uh, have power at their disposal, it pales in the comparison. It's not even close. It's not even in the same universe as God because God's power is unfathomable. Um, it is a, uh, it's surpassing in nature to the power of man. And really, as, as we look at the power of man biblically, Man has no power except what God gives him. And when God gives that power, it does not diminish his power. It does not lessen his power. Uh, it is all power that God has that is unfathomable in its greatness. Um, and then there's another word he you know, adds to this. And again, it's a completely different Greek word because if, if we weren't, uh, it's not enough for us to speak to the surpassing nature or the unfathomable greatness of God's power. He uses the word greatness. That second word there, that it's immeasurable greatness, is the Greek word uh, megathos. Uh, and believe it or not, this is the only place in the New Testament that we find this Greek word. It's here where Paul is saying, I want you to, to uh, more deeply know 
the immeasurable greatness of God's power. This speaks to God's incomparable nature in relation to his power. It's unparalleled. So these two words coupled together for you to better understand and maybe to make a mental connection. If you remember when we were going through the attributes of God, we talked about God's transcendence, that he is beyond the range of what we would consider normal perception, that he stands head and shoulders above the rest, that when we think about God as the creator, uh, he exists above and independent of all of creation. He does not need the created wor world or order or people to exist perfectly. There was a time at which God existed eternally before he even created one thing, one atom. God eternally existed. And so when we think about this immeasurable greatness, uh, this uh, hyperbolo megathos of a God that we have the privilege of knowing, do not minimize, do not marginalize the greatness of God's power. Know that it is surpassing in nature because it's immeasurable, but it's also incomparable. You cannot compare it to anything else. There's nothing in this world that is created that you can compare it to. So when you think about God's power, don't think of it through the lens of man's power. Don't think of it through the lens of the power that you have as an individual living in this free country. Because that is not even a comparison at all. And Paul wants you to know. He wants you to know with certainty that this is the God who through his son Jesus Christ provided salvation once for all. And this is the God who loves you. The God whose power is immeasurable and is great above all else. It's megathos. That just sounds like an awesome Greek word, doesn't it? Megathos. Well, if that's not enough, if he just stopped there and said, what is the immeasurable greatness of God? That should be enough to convince us. But you know, he doesn't even stop there. And this is one of the beautiful things about Paul under the inspiration of the Spirit is that God wants you to know just how great his power is because there's four more Greek words here. So if you take a look at your text, he says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power uh, toward us who believe? So the word his power, or just the word power there, comes from the Greek word dunamis. Um, and this uh, it actually is where we get our English word, guess what? Dynamite. Or dynamite, if you are familiar with that reference. <laughs> yes. Um, dynamo or dynamic. Okay, so here's another Greek word that he adds into the mix. So talking about the surpassing nature, the incomparable nature of God's power, this is that it is dynamite. It is explosive. It has inherent almighty energy that we can even not even begin to fathom. Energy that was able to call out of nothing everything that exists. That's the power of God. It explodes in beauty. And just think, we look at this through a lens of sin. We look at the creation through a lens of sin. Can you imagine what the garden was like? 
in its beauty, in its perfection. No sin, no thorn, nothing to cause your attention to be drawn anywhere but to the creator himself. For you to see just how dynamic God is. Um, this is what I call the de de depiction of God's almighty power. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working? Okay, so here's another Greek word that he wants to share with you. Uh, working comes from the Greek word energia, uh, which speaks to God's active or working power. Uh, so you, you see this uh, being displayed. You want a, a beautiful example, which we're going to take a look at next week in verse 20, that is evidence in Christ being raised from the dead. This is that Greek word, uh, energia. Uh, it's God's active and working power, power strong enough, power effective enough to raise God's son from the dead, to show his victory over sin and death. That that's not enough according to the working of his great. So we, here we have another word, and it's a completely different Greek word than the one that is translated greatness. See, this is why it's important to study and dig deeper in the word of God, because we miss it in our English translations, because we just think, oh, that's another, you know, he's just saying the same word over again. Well, actually, it's a completely different Greek word. It's the, uh, the Greek word uh, kratos, uh, which speaks to the prevalent power of God or God's dominion. Uh, and, uh, you know, think of it this way. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven above and on earth below. There is not a corner of the created universe where the creation will not bow and give honor and glory to the God who is, uh, you know, whose dominion is over everything. The only reason anything exists is by God's almighty, great, surpassing, incomparable power in action at this very moment. Think about it. He is keeping every one of us alive in this room right now. That might not seem like a whole lot, but trust me, it's a whole lot. And then everything else around us that is continuing to, to you know, happen that gravity is in effect that you're sitting in that seat. Hopefully sleep is not taking over your eyes as that gravity pushes down on your head because of losing an hour of sleep last night. But the thing is, God's power is prevalent everywhere. You can go to the depths of the sea. You can go to the farthest reaches of the known and unknown universe. And you will not be void of God's prevalent power being exhibited, showing his dominion over everything. And then Paul wraps it up with one more Greek word. He says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? So that final Greek word there is the, the Greek word iskis. Uh, and this speaks to the forcefulness or the ability of God's power. Or if you want to look at it this way, the degree of God's power. And it reminded me of a song uh, my kids are not, well, actually, one of my kids is here, so you're going to remember this. God's word is powerful, is mighty. Mighty, mighty is God's word. It makes the devil tremble. Uh, beat that big, bad devil with a Bible verse. 
Yeah, it's amazing what we teach kids in, in Sunday school and at camp, right? But see, this is the degree of God's power, that God's word is power, that it has the ability to silence even Satan himself. It shows the degree by which the forcefulness of God's word. Think about Jesus Christ when he was tempted in the wilderness. What did he do? He quoted the word of God. The word of God, which has great might. It is forceful. It has the ability to accomplish what it is sent out to do. And when Jesus responded to every temptation of Satan, the word of God spoke truth into that. Silencing Satan. Because he cannot speak against the truth. Because all he can speak is lies. He can twist the truth. And that's what he does for his own purposes. But he cannot stand up against the immeasurable greatness and power and working and great might of Almighty God. Know that. And so as you look at your, your world, your existence, everything that you're going through right now, you need to remember who God is. Do not forget the surpassing, incomparable nature that is inherent, that is active, that is prevalent, and is forceful in your life today. The Spirit of God is all that. And he lives in every believer. So is there any mountain too big? Is there any valley too deep? No. And see, this is what Paul's prayer is. He wants you to know the greatness of God. And we look in the world in which we live and we give power to things. We give power to things over us. And we forget that everything, without exception, in every corner of the known and unknown universe is under God's power. It only exists because of God's power. So we should not allow anything to cause us to stumble. We should not give power to anything. We should give glory to the God who is all power. So this morning, I want to spend the last moments together recognizing the greatness of God's power. Because this is what we need to do. We need to see God as omnipotent. That means he has all power, that he has complete eternal power over everything and in every way. You cannot confound God with your situation. You're not going to cause God to scratch his proverbial head and say, I really don't know how to handle this or what to do. No. There is nothing outside of the immeasurable greatness of God's power that is working with great might. That's what you need to see this morning. See, nothing exists that is not under the almighty hand of God, including you, including your circumstances, including, including your job, your family, the world in which we live. That is all under the hand of Almighty God. And the thing is, we have the entire New Testament that we can look to to see that power exhibited to mankind. A power that mankind was able to see firsthand in the Son of God. As he turned water into wine, as he healed, as he drove out evil spirits, as he filled nets with fish, as he raised the dead, calmed the storm, fed thousands, walked on the water transfigured in the presence of Peter, James, and John, took sin upon himself, 
laid down his life and took it up again, appeared to more than 500 people after his resurrection and ascended into glory. That's Jesus Christ. That is the almighty power of almighty God, which God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one, eternally have. Nothing will change that. Not a, a millennia of time, not even eternity itself will change that truth. And the thing is, is that the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us who believe, and notice it's towards us who believe that immeasurable power. So that's leaving out a whole section of the world in which we live. The immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us who believe in Jesus Christ. It's reserved for you and I to see and to understand and to know that that almighty power is keeping you and will deliver you home. And so that power that is working according to his great might should energize every believer in Jesus Christ here this morning. You know, we always look at the energizer bunny as the bunny that just keeps on going and never stops because he has energizer batteries in him. Well, you know what? The Energizer Bunny is nothing. Because the Almighty God, who created you, who sustained your life, who sent his son to die on the cross, to save you from your sins, to free you from the bondage of death and sin, should energize you right now. You should not feel worn down, beat down, because the God who is that great and almighty power energizes even the weakest of saints. Because that weakness does not change God. You know, as a child, and I can remember saying this, I can remember my grandmother saying this as we sat down for a meal. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Amen. Did you notice the first few words of that? God is great. God is good. You know, there's something to be said about the repetition of what we know to be true about God. Did you wake up this morning and say, God is great, God is good? Maybe you didn't eat any breakfast, I don't know. But the thing is, we need a lot more of that in our lives each and every day to remember that God is great and that God is good. And in particular, the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us who believe, who have been redeemed, who have been made spiritually alive. We have a relationship with almighty God. That should energize us. In Job 9, verse 10, it says, Who does great things beyond searching out and marvelous things beyond number. That's speaking about God. Let me read that again. God, who does great things beyond searching out. So you could try and search it out, but guess what? You're going to come up and find that you can't search it out. Because what God does that is great is beyond searching out. But you know what? Go ahead and wear yourself out searching. Because then that's when you realize that God is good and God is great. And marvelous things beyond number. You can't quantify it. It's unfathomable the amount of things that God does that is great. 
each and every moment of each and every day in the lives of each and every one of us, and particularly to those who believe. Psalm 150, verses 1 uh, 1 and 2 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. See, that's what you, Lord willing, have come together to do today, is to praise him. It's another good hymn we should sing. Praise him, praise him. Jesus, our blessed redeemer. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Also in Psalm 71, verses uh, 17 through 19, it says, O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the heaven or the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? Nobody. He's incomparable. You cannot find anything to compare God to. That's the God who loves you through Jesus Christ. And see, I love this. Until I proclaim your might to another generation. See, the thing is, if you don't believe that God is great and God is good today, then how is the generation coming after us going to know? See, we have a privilege as well as a responsibility to communicate that truth to our children, to our children's children. You know, something has been lost in you know, families not being so close together. One of the things I noticed about Ellington when I came here, something that I didn't have the privilege of, of you know, enjoying is how close family is here. Because, you know, God called my parents, you know, my father to be a pastor after he retired to Vermont. My brother and his wife, you know, ended up going to Brazil to be missionaries there. And God called Michelle and I and our family to Alaska different points on the globe, you know, and that was even before we had the ability to zoom and to do those things, which is, is wonderful. But the thing is, is that we have a responsibility to make sure that we see God as he is so that we can communicate that to the generations to come. Because there's still those who need to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ, to know the immeasurable greatness of God's power that is working great and mighty things. What if we saw the greatness of God like this? I think we need a good dose. We need a good reminder. We need, as Paul is encouraging the believers in Ephesus two millennia ago, a prayer to more deeply know The immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us who believe is a timeless message. So I'm here to proclaim to you today the truth in relation to Almighty God. And trust that in some small way, and maybe even, you know what, let's let's let there not be a ceiling on it. You should start small. Then go to medium, to large, to extra large. 
to begin to see God as he is, to see the awesomeness of his great power, to recognize the greatness of God's power. Because if you believe it and you recognize it and you see it, then the generation, your children and your children's children will see it living out in you. Because if you believe that your circumstances and the things that you're facing in this world are greater than God, then your children are going to see that as well. And I don't want my kids to see God any less than he is. And I have to admit, I have to confess that there are times when I have. But you know, every day is an opportunity. Every day is a new day with mercies and grace that are new for us to see and recognize the greatness of God's power and to first and foremost change our hearts. Because when God changes our hearts personally, then that will affect every relationship we have, whether it's with our spouse, with our kids, with our, our boss, with our church family, with God himself. A, a young 25-year-old minister named Carl Boberg wrote the words to How Great Thou Art while walking in a thunderstorm on the southeast coast of Sweden in 1886. Listen to those words which you sung moments ago. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I see the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. When through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees, when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and see the brook and feel the gentle breeze, and when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Amen. That's right. Don't forget how great God is. Do not do the disservice of cheating yourself of knowing how great God is. Because you should scarce take it in to realize that Jesus Christ gave his life for you. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Father, Lord, uh, we thank you for uh, this one verse. Thank you for taking and showing us in six different words in Greek just how great your power is. May we never see you again just as the English word all-powerful. 
Okay, we see it as that which is surpassing, that's incomparable, that is inherent, that is active, that is prevalent, and is forceful. Always accomplishing your perfect will throughout the world. Yes, sinful men still do sinful things, but that does not change your almighty power, an almighty power that will hold everyone to account. Every deed is naked before the eyes of, of whom we have to give an account, and that is you. So, Father, help us to see your immeasurable greatness of your power today. May we live lives differently in this coming week than we have in this previous week because of this truth. So that we may proclaim to the next generation the greatness of your power. So that they may praise you as we are praising you today. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name.